Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast presented by DraftKings. They got a ridiculous offer this week. With the British Open coming up, make sure you are all over the code Ross over at DraftKings. I could not be more fired up. Look, I love that we went through every single draft pick in 2021. And you guys can go back and listen to it division by division. I loved last week going over the 2018 NFL draft because that's what they say you should do. You can't evaluate a draft for three years. What lessons did we learn? But we're full throttle now. We're full speed ahead. I mean, what do we have? Six weeks till there's a college football game on my screen? Somebody plays August 24th, I think. It's July 12th. That Do the math. Six weeks away, we are watching college football, and I could not be more excited. You know what we're going to do for you? We're going to talk about the best players in the best conferences to get you ready for college football, to get you excited. I am Ross Tucker, the former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Now I call a college football game every week, FBS level for CBS Sports Network. Got a bunch of other podcasts. Jeff Schwartz was amazing on today's Ross Tucker football podcast, talking about the O-line masterminds event. I got to go to that one year. If you're curious about it, Certainly listen to the Ross Tucker football podcast today. But this podcast is all about Emory Hunt, the master of all he oversees at Football Game Plan, at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. Somehow, he calls games for three different colleges. I don't know how you pull that off, but he calls games for Monmouth, Georgetown, and Morgan State. That's right. I mean, Emery, you do that, right? How do you do that? I'm all over the place, man. And this year, I'll be also uh, back in the booth calling high school games for Flow Football and um, for uh, CBS 21 in Harrisburg. So I'll be back in the mid-pen, too. Dude, all right, this is very important. <laughs> when you're in Harrisburg doing a CBS, like if, if you come here and you don't text me, I'm going to kill you, dude. Like, oh, yeah. now, I might not be here on a Friday, but – 
you got to let me know when you're coming here. Oh, you've got to let me know. I'll come to the game. I'll make a halftime appearance on your show. I, I'll be watching it anyway. That's what I do if I'm home on a Friday night. It's amazing. Football game plan on YouTube. Footballgameplan.com uh, slash 2021 draft guide. When do you start to, like, take pre-orders or anything like that for the 2022 draft guide, Emery? You know, I could start today. I, I just got to put the link up because I'm already working on the 2022 guide. And I'm listen, I'm excited about it, man. We talked about how big it was last year. And with now all these super seniors, I'm just amped for the amount of prospects that we're going to throw into this draft guide for 2022. You know, that's an excellent point, Emery. That is your big competitive advantage this year. These other people, um, they it's like they watch all the top guys a bunch of games. But they don't watch all the guys. That's what makes Emery different. He literally watches all the guys. Like, Emery has an opinion. I could ask Emery about a, a third-string defensive back at Franklin and Marshall right now, and Emery would have an opinion on the guy. That's what makes Emery special. So this year, with all the super seniors, with all the transfer portal guys, you better go to footballgameplan.com and get the draft guide. I'm just telling you, like – Emory will be the draft guy to get this year. I mean, every year, but especially this year. Shout out to the yeah. diplomats, by the way. Shout out to the diplomats. John Troxel's the head coach. Great school, by the way. Um, all right. Um, I love that you know that they're the diplomats. That's amazing. All right. So I got a bunch of things for you, Emory. I want to start with this. Every day before we start the show, I ask you how you're doing. And you say, I'm cooling. I'm cooling. I've never heard anybody else say that. Cooling. <laughs> I've heard chilling, but you say cooling. Where does that come from? It's just something that's just different, man. It's a different way of saying the same thing. And it, that's kind of been my mantra, I guess, my entire life, you know, just kind of being your own person. I always say if you stay in your lane, you get to your destination faster. So it's, if I, if cooling was what came out, I'm going to just rock with cooling, you know, and that's just how I <laughs> do I love it. The second thing is, and you have to be watching us on YouTube to see this. I'm, by the way, at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod. Emery is wearing a sweatshirt today or long sleeve tee maybe that says Emery on it. I never thought of that before, Emery, but you could just get all kinds of Emery University gear and rock it and it's your name. Like that's, I don't know. I don't know if that's the coolest thing or the lamest thing I've ever seen. I think it really depends on how you rock it and who you are because of you. Like it's the coolest thing. Like if I did it, it would probably be lame. I'd be wearing like stuff from Ross dressed for less. Right. But <laughs> yours is like from a, I always tell my daughters, by the way, that I own that place. And they like, believe me, um, <laughs> Ross dressed for less, but you like Emory. It's a cool school. It's a good school. My wife almost went there for MBA. Um, do you have a lot of Emory gear? No, I have I have two shirts, um, and I'm going to work out uh, today. So I was like, let me get the compression shirt on. Don't let Emory University get a football team, because then it'll be. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. All right, so here's what I think is interesting. We got six weeks before the games start, and I thought we would do the Power Five conferences, and then. Sort of uh, the best of the rest, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Emery sends me his email. You want to do the American. Like, and I think I've heard you say power six before. 
Is there – and I'm, I'm down with it because the American has a lot of NFL guys and is good football. You think about last year, Zayvon Collins and the Tulane guys and the Cincinnati guys. But do you think it's a power six? And did you spe- specifically want to do the American on their own? It's, it's three things. One, I, I do think there's a power six um, because, Ross, we remember when it was – FBS. And now we get into these subdivisions within the FBS. I hate it because a good team is a good team. And so if, you know, the AAC wants to call themselves the power six, I'm all for it. Sunbelt's probably the power seven, you know, and and so I'm I'm all for that. Two, I clearly forgot we were supposed to do power five. So I just, I thought we would go to alphabetical order. So that's on me not knowing the assignment. And three, it just so happens that they have a, a, a major quarterback prospect in the AAC and we'd be remiss for not talking about it. Dude, that that is awesome. That That's funny. Um, I, at least now we know that Emery is always honest because you didn't need to do that. You'd be like, yeah, I love the American. Um, that's amazing. All right, let's start um, with you got your, your top 10 players. I mean, that's what's going to be so cool about this. A lot of people are going to listen and watch this episode, these episodes, because they want to see who you have ranked as the top 10 player NFL prospects in the AAC, in the American. Number one, you've got the corner, Ahmad Gardner from Cincinnati. Yeah, he got the coolest nickname, Ahmad Sauce Gardner. And he's been excellent, you know, since he got there. And you talk about someone that's a lockdown corner, um, plays with patience, has the length, has the athleticism, has the ball skills, everything that I love uh, from a cornerback prospect, he has that in spades. And the fact that a matter, he's going to be, in there, once again, a uh, really good secondary. Brian Cook is another safety um, that's that can play corner. He's a tremendous talent. I covered him when he was at Howard. Um, he transferred from Howard. I uh, wanted to go close back home to Cincinnati. Uh, but, you know, Gardner has been a stud from day one, and he's the top. He's one of the top-tier cornerbacks in the entire country, not just in the AAC. Got it. Love it. Um, now, this next guy, you know, one of the things that's interesting about this year I feel like a lot of these guys have been playing at these schools for a long time now. I mean, Reggie Roberson, the wide receiver from SMU, I, I could have sworn he's been there for like five or six years now. Yeah, you could have sworn he was also in the NFL at some point, right? You know, it's like, man, I've seen this name. I've seen this name get drafted. I swear I've seen him play on Sundays. But now he's still at SMU, and I do think, had he not gotten injured last year, he would have jumped to the NFL easily because he was already one of the top receiver prospects we were talking about in the preseason. But he tore his ACL, got the benefit of coming, being able to come back with the the added year. And again, it just gives him another opportunity to put out more tape, more uh, dynamic plays that he's done within his offense. He's going to be doing it under a new quarterback. I, I believe uh, Mordecai, the guy that transferred from Oklahoma, is going to be their starting quarterback now. So he's talented. And that offense is wide open, so he should get at least, you know, 80 receptions this year. And we'll just see him just, you know, now we'll get to see him graduate, go to an all-star game, and then go into the NFL finally. What um, what do you think he would have been drafted last year? Like, who does he compare to, and how high do you think he would have gone? I think he would have been in that, that mid-round range. Um, you know, you see someone like Rondell Moore. And I know Rondell Moore is dynamic because he could use him in a wide receiver run game. But I'm talking about in terms of just 
you know, route running and, and making plays uh, when they need to be made. You know, he's a dynamic player. So you look at maybe third round um, range because you don't know how fast he would have ran. And I think that's key when you think about the NFL draft. Everybody wants to get the top tier athletes first before they go to football players. And all those, uh, you know, I, my philosophy is different from that. Um, I just want the guys that's going to play football really well. If you happen to be a great athlete, that's fantastic. Uh, but I think he would have gone in that third round range. So here's another opportunity and what will be a loaded draft class in general for him to kind of elevate his game, show that he's healthy, show that he's you know recovered from the ACL. It's mostly mental more so than physical. And then we'll just see him probably either maintain that, that uh, ranking or move up. So uh, number three ranked prospect in the American, in your mind, is Desmond Ritter, the quarterback from Cincinnati. Seems like there's uh, varying opinions on him. Some people think he's one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. Others have him a little bit lower. Um, you know, there's a lot of hype on Ritter. What did you see? Uh, here's the thing I, I have with the draft community. I think – it, a lot of it happens to be when guys as a group, everybody, let's say if there's one game on TV, i.e. a bowl game or a Thursday night game, you know, or a championship game, everybody's watching. And if you're playing well in that game, the, the narratives tend to skyrocket. And you see a lot of one-upmanship. Like you could say, man, Desmond Ritter is a really good quarterback. Well, I think he's one of the top quarterbacks in the country. Well, I think he's actually QB1. So it goes, it kind of marches on. Uh, but for me, Desmond Ritter is a, is a good quarterback. He's solid. Uh, he's someone that, you know, I think is more of a, of a second-round type talent, which is a starter uh, in the NFL. But, you know, here's an opportunity for him coming back, wanting to get back to, you know, a situation where he can have Cincinnati in the playoffs. And if he's just able to build on what he did last year and get the Bearcats right there, if not, you know, into the playoffs or in a New Year's Six Bowl game, then you can see him, okay, he's been able to stack back-to-back really good years. So I see him right now as more of a second-round type player. But, yeah, definitely if he goes out and have and has another big year, you can elevate him into that first-round category because we know quarterbacks will go in the first round. But I think you know it's important for the community to kind of cool their jets when they're watching these games, these one-off games that everybody's watching, and you see the one-upmanship tends to you know take over. Your fourth-ranked guy is another guy that had a terrific year and another Cincinnati Bearcat. Man, they're probably the favorites in the American, huh? <laughs> My Jai Sanders, the DN. This dude, he's 6'5". He's listed at 6'5", 258. So he's a leaner, you know, compact, cut, strong, point-of-attack player. Like, he uses his hands well. Um, you think because he's a lean guy, and you, you look at him on tape, you think, oh, he's probably like 230. But no, he's you know he's two fifty eight. He just he just carries it really well. So you can't move him off the spot. He's savvy with his hands. He has the length to really be disruptive, both in the run defense department and also as a pass rusher. And he has the closing speed to the quarterback. So he does everything well from that position. And it wouldn't see him be in the conversation for one of the top tier defensive ends in the in the country um, in terms of NFL draft prospects. So think Daniil Hunter type guy, you know, a, a lean guy, but but really muscular and hard to move off the spot. That's what I see from, from him. We'll keep it rolling. Um, try to get to somebody that does not play for the Cincinnati Bearcats. <laughs> Let's get to wide receiver Calvin Austin third from Memphis. First of all, we talk about this all the time. Memphis, 
skill guys all in. Check the box. I don't have to see the tape. Let's draft him. And then you see Ashley as a, a indoor track guy. Definitely take him because he has legitimate speed. And he's someone that that really does, uh, you know, play football rather well. People will look at this. You know, he's 5'9", 168 pounds. But you know me, size is not a skill. If you're good enough, you're big enough. And he's definitely good enough. And he's fast enough. And you can't hit what you can't catch. You can't hurt what you can't touch. Put him on the team. Put him on the field. I was all in on, um, you know, Tutu Atwell coming out of Louisville at 108 pounds. So I'm definitely all in on 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 him um, in terms of what he brings to the table. Again, someone that plays an explosive offense, it's a wide-open game now, and he's going to do a good job putting up numbers, putting up um, the type of, you know, wild plays that kind of entice you. And then he's going to test well as also toward the back end of, of the process. So, yeah, that's something, someone I'm definitely uh, watching this year. What about Emery? Um, let's get to some old linemen. How about how about Cody Russi from Houston? I'll be calling a Houston game this year. Houston at UConn. What do you know about Cody? He was a four year starter. He transferred from Louisiana Tech. I kind of like when guys stay at schools and become the prospect because you bring more attention to your program. But I get him transferring up. Uh, a, so to speak, you know, it's almost like a lateral transfer, but he's playing in an offense. It's very similar to the one he was playing at Louisiana Tech anyway. Um, but he's excellent. He gets to the second level rather well. He's consistent in that regard. He does a good job, um, you know, with his hands in terms of recognizing stunts and pressure. So he's able to come off one guy and p- quickly pick up another. And, and also in a run game, by him being able to get to the second level with these, with his, with his ability, it helps him in that regard. So I just think that he's a, a solid prospect played a lot of football again four years start at louisiana tech played in some some big time competition and he's going to do the same thing especially when they go up against you know a tulsa with their defensive line or go up against a cincinnati who we've talked about often so i like the challenge that he's taking going to houston i think he's going to be a really good prospect then we'll get to um a Tulane guy, it's interesting because Tulane had a bunch of guys drafted last year, including their their D-line. Safety, Darian, uh, is it Rackestraw, Rakestraw, um, who's another transfer? Yeah, he transferred from Colorado. Um, they had a really good secondary last year, man. They still have a really good secondary. And for him to go to Tulane, I see him playing more of a combo safety role, someone that could play inside as a slot defender. Um, he's a good alley defender. He, he's someone that has really good acceleration when attacking downhill in a run game or playing out in space. And he's going to really help their defense out, man. Tulane defensively just gave up yards and bunches, and it really hurt them earlier in the season when they couldn't stop anybody uh, because their offense could score, but they just couldn't stop anyone. And now you're getting someone that's a really good slot defender that can match up across the board, what you're going to see in that conference. So definitely someone, a grad transfer, um, smart man going to Tulane to get that that grad degree, uh, and so I do think football wise he has the height, the length, and the acceleration in the in the uh, in the alley to where he makes himself a good prospect to keep an eye on. So I mentioned this earlier, but I'll, I'll say it again: golf's oldest and last major of the year is this weekend, and the golfers are headed across the pond to compete for the trophy. DraftKings. America's top-rated sportsbook app is giving you a shot to land in the green. You know what they mean, right? Like in the black, like in the green. This week, DraftKings 
is giving you 50 to 1 odds on any golfer taking at least one birdie this weekend. I mean, are you kidding me? One birdie the whole weekend? Place a pre-tournament wager of $1 on any golf outcome to be eligible to cash $50 in free credits if any golfer sinks a birdie. They're trying to give you $50. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code ROSS when you sign up to turn $1 into $50 in free credits if any golfer sinks a birdie this weekend. That's code ROSS to turn $1 into $50 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, up next, we got a tight end from Memphis. You talked about earlier, you love the Memphis skill guys. You know, they, they run so much spread, I feel like, and they have their running backs run so many routes. I haven't heard much about tight ends for Memphis. It seems like it's always the running backs, maybe the receivers, but you feel like they got a pretty good tight end in Sean Dykes. First of all, we're being a little bit too liberal with this term tight end at Memphis. This dude is a wide receiver, man. He's 6'2", 225, and runs really good routes. He has good acceleration out of his break. He's a wide receiver. They just ran out of eligible spots to put these dudes for Memphis. So he's not a true tight end. This is someone that that is built like a bigger receiver. You see someone like A.J. Brown and how he's built. You know, if he played at Memphis, they would have called him a left tackle, right? So Memphis <laughs> is not slick trying to get, get by with all these different tags that they tag these guys with. But he's a receiver. He's going to be a receiver. Um, but, but if you want to put him in the tight end category, he's a flex tight end. Uh, but, man, I love his ability – uh, to get open and make plays down the middle of the field. He's a, unafraid of contact, obviously, but also has the ability to to really accelerate out that break and, and track the football. He's a six-year senior. So that's someone that's going to come into an NFL situation as a plug-and-play guy. He's the quintessential definition of, quote-unquote, pro-ready, and that's what I see with, with him at that position. Number nine, uh, the wide receiver from Tulsa, and they've had some good ones recently, Keelan Stokes. Smooth, savvy, fearless, great hands, knows how. And when we talk about great hands, you know, we're talking about knowing when and where to use your body, how and when to utilize, you know, perfect technique, when to allow your hands to really uh, take over. Or, you know, sometimes you see a situation where you have to, Really look where you're going and trust that your hands could get in position. He can, he's able to do that. So he has really good hands. Um, he may not be the fastest, and although he's he's a, a guy that can help out on special teams um, in terms of returning kicks, but he's someone that I think will have a home on the inside of a receiver core, like a slot receiver, but someone that's a, a good possession guy that's trustworthy that'll play a long time in the NFL. Um, last, but certainly not least, we've got number 10, another Tulsa skill guy back to back. They got the wide receiver. Now they got the running back Shamari Brooks from Tulsa. And and Shamari Brooks was someone that was on my radar last year. He was a senior last year, but he got hurt very early in the season, tore an ACL. So they're getting him back. And I think when you look at what he brings to the table, he's, the perfect back for today's game. 
doesn't need volume to be successful. He's able to make you miss. So he's got the elusiveness, but he's a very good receiver. And I think all of those skills allows him to be a very projectable comp, uh, a complimentary guy at the next level. You just hope that he comes back healthy and shows no ill effects of the knee injury. Again, I've said this before, it's a lot of it's mental because uh, I've had ACL injuries before. And once you are cleared medically, you still worried about re-injury when it's all in your head. So you want to see him get back out there and, and be productive like he was because he's another one of these backs that you can plug and play as your RB2 or RB3 in your offense and be just fine. Speaking of running backs, Emery, we have an email question. I love this. I love when we get email questions. Ross at RossTucker.com. If you take advantage of any sponsor that we have, like you heard me talk about DraftKings, but any sponsor on any show or on the sponsors page over at RossTucker.com and send me the email, I guarantee I will ask Emery and if the question's for me as well, I will ask the question of Emery and he can answer. Um, as a former running back, Emery, and I somehow I, I missed the name of the guy that sent this, unfortunately. I'm sorry, but if you're a loyal listener, you know it's your email. What are your most important traits in identifying talented running backs, and how important does fearless courage matter for the position? I know what you're talking about off the injury. What I mean is we often hear of players not playing to their size while others are fearless when sticking their foot in the ground and shooting through a gap. Dalvin Cook comes to mind as someone with tremendous, without tremendous size or blazing speed, but absolutely fearless when attacking the line of scrimmage. What are the most important traits in a running back, Emery? I think the most important trait is vision because your eyes will lead you to wherever you, you want to go. Where the eyes go, the feet will follow. So vision is important. And this is something that I had to learn, too, was was patience. You know, and I think a lot of guys nowadays are coming right out of the right out of the box with, with good patience, you know, because of how the zone offense is so prominent. So it forces you to be patient. Back when we were playing high school ball, you know, Ross, everything was hit the hole, hit the hole, hit the hole, right? And it was simple, you know, 34 dive, you know, 28 toss, all those simple, you know, play calls to where everything was about speed and urgency. But now, with everything being about, you know, patience, reading, it's vision and patience top tier. And to the second part of his question would, would you know, lead to some guys being fearless or not, a lot of it is just, you know, your makeup. Because you'll see big guys that, that, like you said, doesn't play to their size, and you'll see small guys run up in there. I love to use these two um, contrasts. You look at Warwick Dunn at 5'9", 178, over 10,000 career rushing yards in the NFL. When I watched Florida State play, you know, when I was coming up through high school, I never once knew that Warwick Dunn was was 5'9", 178, right? I just liked the fact that he ran well. He had, he had everything that you wanted as a running back. It didn't matter that he was that size. And then you see someone that is a taller, bigger back, let's say like uh, David Johnson, who – still plays the position in my mind like a wide receiver playing running back, which he was at Northern Iowa. So the the natural instincts aren't there. and you But you'll see him on paper at 6'2", 220. You think, oh, this guy's going to be a power guy, when really he's more of the work done type of guy that could make you miss, you know, um, but he's not the the, the run-through-a-hole type guy. Uh, but And that's okay. 
but I think there's a market for both guys. So I just think that it's about how you were, you know, bred as a, as a young running back. You know, sometimes it's natural to lower your shoulder and just power through. Sometimes if you're good at making guys miss, it's going to be hard for you to then transition to, hey, lower your, your shoulder and run through somebody. We used to have this talk about Reggie Bush. Um, and and this was the part I used to always try to make to Saints fans because at the time, Saints fans were like, he, got, he has to run inside. Pierre Thomas is the better back. Like, listen, if you're Reggie Bush and you spent your entire life at high school, at USC, and in the NFL, making dudes look stupid, why would I run through a brick wall when I could just run around the brick wall and make that person that's guarding outside of that brick wall look foolish in space? That's what I'm going to do. And if you're a playmaker like that, it's hard to change, you know, that um, that mentality. That's that's who you are as a player. You just have to, you know, allow that person to be that player. You can't make Barry Sanders become Christian Okoye. Then he wouldn't be Barry Sanders. You got to allow those guys to play how they play. And I think that's the difference, too. So we tend to have these expectations on backs, um, uh, you know, these projections on backs. And that's not really how it's supposed to be. But to, to tie a bow on it, vision footwork before everything else next week the ACC a lot of people think Sam Howell is the number one quarterback does Emery or is it De'Ara King I can't wait to hear what he says about Justin Ross ACC should be amazing next week already looking forward to it other than that the keg is kicked we are all tapped out Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.